episode mostly because we're going through film theory i know everybody give it a round of applause anyway uh the reason i wanted to do this episode is mostly because my previous episode little giants you know put this idea in my head uh because it was something that i did actually study in fil- well not exactly film school this was something that i learned in my italian studies uh courses uh and for those of you who don't know yeah i i have two degrees and i'm doing a podcast woo like everyone else um but uh this i learned more in my italian studies classes i'm just gonna go ahead and jump into it uh what we're looking into today is uh film theory uh but specifically the theory of deconstruction and um what i'm gonna do is gonna first i'm gonna talk a little bit about deconstruction then i'm gonna say how it would relate to uh couple episodes of South Park and uh, to the episode Little Giants and uh, of the movie Little Giants mostly because that movie is a sports movie in these episodes. Is, well, you know, what? I'll just go ahead and jump into the uh, theory portion of this and then we'll talk about South Park and whatnot. Uh, but first, without further ado, let's go straight into the film theory. I really think this is a bad idea. Marge, I agree with you in theory. In theory, communism works. In theory. All right, first off, right off the bat, I'm just going to lay down what film theory is. It's like literary theory. So if you ever took any of those classes where or are interested in it, I, I realize not everybody went to school to study, you know, language or anything like that, literature. Uh, what theory is concerning film and literature is just going through and breaking down the different sort of ideas tropes and thoughts that go into uh you know literature or film or anything like that and what's the cool thing with uh film theory is that if you know any literary theory most of it transfers over because uh this theory that i'm uh speaking of today deconstruction theory is a literary theory that we just we as film theorists just brought over to to film because why why would we make a brand new theory if everything can fit into everything else, right? Which is funny because this theory goes against that. Uh, so deconstruction theory, like I said, it is a literary theory. It was uh, brought forth to the uh, you know literary community by uh, French philosopher Jacques Derrida. There is no actual definition of what deconstruction is because giving a definition actually goes against the whole spirit of what deconstruction is because at that point you're constructing something and deconstruction is a direct reaction to structuralism and formalism uh structuralism just means that parts of a system are are parts of a uh, of a you know a, a piece of media are parts and signs of a system and they're all work together to create this structure that we you know that you find in a novel, a movie, TV show, whatever. And then formalism is that all works are self-contained in a singular object that uh, finds its meaning through the complex system of relationships that they have between um, 
each other. So between allegory and anything like that, formalism really leaves no room for ambiguity. And honestly, I th- myself, I think that kind of takes away some of the fun of some movies because those two theories want to give a meaning and a, you know, meaning behind everything is basically what structuralism, formalism trying to do. Whereas uh, deconstructionism takes apart those accepted and uh, current structures in literature, film, politics, all that. Because the way that Jacques Derrida actually explained it is that people tend to think in binaries, black and white, good and bad, the dark side versus the light. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. Yes. I think that might be my first Star Wars reference, which is incredible. Because as we speak, I'm looking at a Chewbacca mask that's hanging above my little desk studio. So it's crazy. That's my first Star Wars reference. Uh, And essentially what it's trying to do with the binaries in human thought or human logic at that point is just to deconstruct it and challenge what it, what it means to actually have that binary. So that binary can also be A plus B equals C. So if, you know, plot point A happens and plot point B happens, plot point C must happen because of the result. Um, and this theory really aims to erase that boundary between these opposites that have been brought up by everyone else in literature or in film or anything like that. Uh, So like I said, there is no really real definition of this theory. It's meant to constantly criticize even itself. So if if you take a piece of deconstructionist um, art, deconstructionist film or anything like that, you can deconstruct it even further from there. And that's the whole point behind it. is that you can't have these accepted structures. You can, but at that point is what you do with them. And that's what we're going to look later on in these South Park episodes. Uh, this this theory is not a method. That's why it's deconstruction. It's not a method. It's not a critique in the Kantian view. So if you guys are into philosophy like that, the philosopher Kant, I am not. The only reason I know that name is because of the show The Good Place. Well, it makes sense for me to go. Holy mother-forking shirtballs. Which, honestly, everybody should go watch. Fantastic show. I think it's like, what, five, four seasons max? It's by the guy who did The Office and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This, I think, is his best work. Uh, Like I said, it's not a critique. It's not an analysis either, so it's not going to sit there and try to analyze something uh, or a piece of art. It's just trying to deconstruct it and to its to its parts, you know, it gets it goes against that, you know, like I said, structuralism and formalism. And really, this can be applied anywhere in film, anywhere in media, anywhere in in uh, even in, in, you know, the current social structures is ideas of deconstructionists because uh, deconstructionism yeah, let's go with that. If anybody knows what the actual word is, go ahead and, you know, email me at videostorewasteland at gmail.com or go yell at me at my <laughs> Instagram pages, uh, which, again, it is videostorewasteland. Um, 
I'm Video Store Wasteland on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I think those are the only ones I'm on. So if you can't find me anywhere else, and if you do find me somewhere else, it's not me. So it's trying, uh, this theory is trying to constantly just break itself down. And uh, different examples outside of these three episodes of South Park that I'm going to break down for you guys. Uh, Examples of such movies uh, and, you know, different things like that would be like Tropic Thunder. Really takes down the whole action adventure sort of genre of movies. And then we have Scream takes apart the horror genre. And if you remember my Scream 2022 episode, um, I, I talk a little bit about how throughout, you know, the 2022 uh, movie and the 90, 99, 98 movie, that it, it essentially breaks down the whole uh, slasher genre. And uh, right, right now I'll just post, put in the, uh, the little audio clip of, of what how they explain it in the movie. Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no no! Big no And furthermore, we have stuff like Cabin in the Woods, again, horror movie, deconstructs all the horror movies. We have the Cornetto trilogy, which is the movies consisting of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. Honestly, you haven't if if you haven't seen them, go ahead and watch it. Three fantastic movies. It all just goes apart through there. So like Shaun of the Dead takes apart the zombie genre. Uh, Hot Fuzz takes apart you know cop drama, cop comedy. It's not really a drama, but it's comedy. And then World's End takes apart sort of the, the buddy comedy sort of thing. Uh, and then we have the Orville, which is a TV show, which honestly takes apart Star Trek. But compared to to Star Trek Discovery, oh, all the Star Trek that's on Paramount Plus, and I know I'm getting outside of myself because this isn't Red Letter Media, and they, if you wanna, if you really wanna see people who are fed up with 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 Star Wars and Star Trek, go go to Red Letter Media. I've seen the Orville, and the Orville is so much better than than Star Trek Discovery or Star or Picard. It's uh, it's embarrassing. Uh, and then, then you have like Heather's in the 1980s sort of takes apart the, the uh, 80s team drama. Ah, oh, man. I'm just going to... Stu- uh, yeah. Orville. Jesus. Okay. So that, that show... That show is more Star Trek than fucking Star Trek Discovery. The fact that the Star... Okay. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm just going to... If you listen to this right now, I'm going to go on a little rant about Star Trek. So you go to this time code. 1139 for uh for for south park discussion but you're telling me that these guys are being paid millions of dollars to do this to star trek and like go see it like even lower decks is is it lower decks is trying to be rick and morty the next day for the love of everything that is holy take this show away from alex kurtzman God, Lee. All right, anyway. Um, and if you're back to this time code, we are about to start a discussion on South Park. Yay. What the hell are you doing, Carmen? My mom said if you want to become a lesbian, you have to lick carpet. 
All right, so like I mentioned earlier in the episode, we're going to take apart uh, three episodes of uh, South Park. The three episodes are Aspen from season six, episode two, The Losing Edge, which is season nine, episode five, and Stanley's Cup, which is season 10, episode 14. So if you want to go ahead and watch those episodes and follow along, you know, go ahead and watch them. I'll be waiting for you guys to come back. Welcome back. So if you watch those episodes, you're ready for this discussion. Uh, we're going to go start off right at the top with the episode entitled Aspen. Uh, this is going to be really quick through each one. I'm not going to sit here because the episode like 20 minutes each. I'm not trying trying to make this one like an hour long episode. not going to do that because that means I'm going to have to sit here and talk for an hour by myself, which I can. I'm not going to do it. Um, but Aspen is the episode of South Park where if you know the meme, you know, you're going to have a bad time with the snowboarder instructor telling him, you know, do you, you either pizza or French fry going to have a bad time. That's that episode. And essentially what this episode is, it breaks apart the eighties team drama comedy sort of thing where the group of teens go on vacation to a ski resort. In this case, the boys, uh, boys minus uh <laughs> minus kenny because this is the seasons where butters basic becomes the fourth guy which honestly i fucking love the butter seasons butters is awesome he's a great character um essentially what what this episode of south park does it break like i said breaks apart that 80s uh teen drama ep- uh comedies and all that and it starts right there right off the bat so it, it there is no you know, opening uh, credits or anything to South Park, it just jumps right into the episode with the family saying they got a, a timeshare meeting in, in Aspen. They take all the kids, and there's a 80s montage right as they get to Aspen. It's straight out of an 80s movie with complete with title smash. So it, it, instead of, you know, going... No, no, no. Uh, it goes, you know, South Park and Aspen. Just title perfect 80s perfect you know uh sorry i hit the mic uh you know uh you know this is the one where you're gonna have a bad time so the kids you know they start learning how to how to ski it establishes that they're novices then all of a sudden this like 22 year old guy comes in and say and tries to challenge stan marsh to a ski competition and then a uh, you know his girlfriend or whatever says oh i can't be with you stan and st- the kids are just sit- standing there like what the fuck's going on like we don't know what's going on and because they're thrust into this world of the 80s uh comedy movie that they don't know what exactly is going on they just know that they're just here to ski right um and like i said it goes into that so the 80s it's a blonde 80s movie villain so it's just this rich boy comes in, tries to challenge them, uh, and it goes through each one of the plot points that you would think would happen in one of those movies. So, like I said, the challenge issue, the hot girl says she can't be with, with Stan because he sucks at skiing. I don't know, that was a fucking prerequisite in these movies, but okay. Um, and this comes complete with 80s music, 
comes complete and all. It, it's just so montagey. It's great. Uh, so it, it gets later on and you know if you've seen like dirty dancing you know how they have that whole scene or what movie yeah let's go with dirty dancing why not but you know there's a whole part of it where it's an 80s dance and the guy who beats dan in the first race goes and starts like making fun of him on stage and like taunting him and stands like what the fuck's going on and this guy's complete everybody in this episode is so completely serious about everything that they're doing it's that's what what makes it great because i don't know if trey uh and matt are doing it on purpose that they're trying to deconstruct this this stuff but if they aren't goddamn they're geniuses just lay down on the line they're the, those guys are geniuses and, and after all that you know you have Obviously, every 80s movie has the old man who's trying to warn you about the ski, you know, don't go up, don't go up the mountain, don't go hike there or whatever. And it's directly the guy from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> he explains how, how the, the, the mountain is haunted and there's all these other crap there. And it's like, okay, cool. Uh, straight out of Pet Cemetery. After that, literally, it's a montage. I, you know, I'm going to play a little bit of the song here. Hopefully it lets me play it, but... All right, well, if you got to get good at something really fast, there's only one way to do it. Come on! The day is approaching to give it your best And you've got to reach your prime That's when you need to put yourself to the test And show us a passage of time Gonna need a montage. Uh, uh, I think fucking stopped for a little bit. Anyway, uh, then they have the the you know the second race, uh, and that's the big you know race that's usually at the end of the movie. Uh, the villain guy is too caught up on trying to make Stan fail to that to the point where he himself forgets that he's in the race and he loses because of that. Um, he gets distracted by the, and every single one of these '80s movies, there you know, there's the hot girl, and then there's the, the girl next door, the less hot, homely-looking girl who at the end, you know, has that oh, takes the glasses off transformation bullshit, you know. Uh, she distracts the other guy, and it's it's all about that. And after Stan wins the race, you know, the spirits of the mountain are set free. Dude, it like combines all that dumb 80s stuff together and it's amazing. I fucking love it. it. It even ends with Don't Forget About Me at the end. Obviously, it's the sound alike where, you know, you don't have to pay that much money if I'm not going to do it in here because, you know, I, I'm not, I can't afford getting sued like that. Uh, you know, but everything at the end gets resolved kind of in a little button and the parents this entire time which is the b story in later episodes of stuff like this i will explain what these terms mean um so just hold on a second might be on youtube just stay tuned and and you know that's aspen so that breaks apart that and you can if you watch the episode you can kind of almost assume that you've seen every single 80s movie that concerns sort of you know, a sports challenge or a challenge in general, like Karate Kid. 
I haven't seen the movie in a while, but like, doesn't he just show up and that's like his first like month in the in the city and he's already getting challenged to a karate challenge? Or uh, like, first of all, karate back in the day I think was lame, but now it's not thanks to uh, you know, Joe Rogan and his and his friend Dana White. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, we're gonna move on now to the episode entitled "Losing Edge," which "Losing Edge." So the first one was more of an '80s teen comedy skiing. This one is more baseball and Rocky, uh, and it takes apart sort of the the ideas. You know, if you watch like a team, a movie where a team sucks and they're down on the luck and they're trying to do like the best they can. This one turns that on its head where the kids are so good at baseball that they try to blow games. But the thing is that the other teams also are trying to blow games because they don't want to play baseball for the rest of the summer. If you ask me, I would love to play baseball the whole summer. Baseball season is just about to start right now. No, Number one, go Dodgers. Hopefully they win it all. Number two, let's go Mets. Please don't suck this year. Because so far, Halloween's a bigger letdown than being a Mets fan. Opening day, and here's the first pitch, and the season's over. And uh, everything in this episode of What You Need to Know is set up in like the first five minutes. So the kids hate baseball. They want to blow the games. Randy starts fights at, <laughs> at the baseball games with other dads when he's so drunk. This is the episode where he goes, For what? Arresting me for what? I'm not allowed to stand up for myself? I thought this was America, huh? Isn't this America? I'm sorry, I thought this was America. Yeah, it's the, I thought this was America. Oh, God, I fucking love Randy. Love Randy. Uh, so they plan to throw the game, and at the end, instead of we're losers, they're like, we're winners, and they're all sad. And it takes that whole idea of uh, all these other movies, right, puts on its head. And that's exactly what deconstruction is supposed to do. And, uh, you know, I'm, when, I'm, when I say this, I'm being 100% serious, is that I, I had a class where we went through these episodes, man. And it was cool. Man. Like, cool as cool, as cool can be. That, that, man, Professor Enrico, if you're hearing this, thank you. Um... So yeah, you know, and, and the boys' plot, which I guess you could call the A plot, they're the that's the big deconstruction one where they're you know trying to lose. They go to different tournaments and they keep trying to lose, 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 but they're winning every single time, because uh, you know they try to blow, uh, they try to throw balls, but the other teams, uh, you know, swing at balls. And and Cartman, okay, Cartman goes there, and uh, one of the kids explains exactly what pitching is. It's great. Let me let me play you the clip. Ball! All right, Morgan. What? You have to swing when it's a ball, otherwise you're gonna walk to first base. Don't swing only if it's a strike. Well, how the Sam hell am I supposed to know if he's gonna be throwing a strike or a ball? You just have to guess. Oh, Jesus. So Stan tries to tip pitches, and tipping pitches means just the pitcher is sort of, you know, not intentionally showing what he's gonna throw, but he's throwing it. And side tangent, uh, I will never forget the 2017 World Series, Houston Astros. You guys, for all I care, can rot in hell. <laughs> you guys cheated. And then you got the commissioner to call the trophy a piece of metal. So, go Dodgers. You know, boo Astros. 
and this entire time, like I said, Randy's on his his little rocky rocky thing because he has that first fight and he wins. Then he goes into a little kind of training montage, so you see him wake up and like crack eggs into or crack eggs into a cup, and you think it's gonna be like Rocky where he's gonna eat or drink the raw egg. But then he starts making like a little omelet and drinking a beer at the same time when you think that, that he's going to do so. He's dressed exactly at Rocky too. It, you know, it's called subverting expectations. And Ryan Johnson, you can learn a thing or two about that. And, and, and during the middle of it, you know, this whole montage goes into, uh, you know, you're the best around. You know, I apologize if I sing into the mic. I'm not going to stop doing it, but I apologize. This is a microphone here. You don't think I'm going to sing into it? Who do you think you are? Um, but the kids are going through it. They're trying to lose every single competition. And in all these movies you see, they're, they're just trying to win. Like if you watch Angels in the Outfield, uh, you know, they're just trying to win. Even by divine intervention in that movie, you know, the angels still suck. And it gets to the end and after the sports montage and all that, which again, we have another sports montage. This is a big thing in 80s movies and the sports movies is always a montage. Always. And filmmakers out there, try not to lean on a montage unless you're doing it for comedic purposes, like in here, because a montage is just lazy writing, personally, because you're just trying to get through a series of events without actually explaining and expanding your characters or plot. So that's just me. Again, though, I haven't written anything that's been published. Um, just stuff that's been rejected. <laughs> uh, so it gets to the end. Randy meets up with this guy called Bat Dad, and he's you know dressed like Bat Batman. He's just it looks like a wrestler if it was Batman. So if uh, Bane was Batman instead of Batman or Bruce Wayne. Oh wait, you guys aren't supposed to know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oops. Hmm. If nothing else, I can at least learn the Flash's secret identity. I have no idea who this is. So they get into the state championship, and, and Randy's more excited about the fact that he gets to fight someone at the state championship. And, like, this is his big fight. So this entire time, Randy's only been focusing on this, like in Rocky, where he only focuses on, on his fight against Apollo Creed. And... It breaks apart. It breaks against that that type of what Rocky is. Rocky is trying to win and all that. He's like, and Randy's just trying to get into drunken fights with other dads, and the kids are trying to lose, but they're winning, which goes against, uh, goes opposite of um, a lot of what what sports movies like that are. You know, but uh, long story short, at the end of this episode, Randy gets into another fight complete with the music from Rocky uh the one that goes Rocky has some great music man but yeah it's that's what it is and the reason I sing it cuz I don't want to I could play it on my piano keyboard I got right here with me but I got to learn it and I'm a bass player, so it'll it's a little hard for me. Um, but if Randy gets in another fight, the kids get disqualified, and they're encouraging him to fight. Uh, and it's fucking great episode. Great episode. You're gonna watch it, and you're gonna understand exactly what these movies are about, like or what they're trying to go for. You know.
So that's that's the point behind uh, this episode of South Park. And now for the last one, uh, Stanley's Cup. Um, like I said before, and the uh, other two, first one was skiing and 80s teen comedies. The second one is Rocky and baseball movies. This last one is hockey. Huge hockey fan right here. I am currently wearing my uh, Los Angeles Kings Kopitar jersey, complete with the captain's logo on it. So, uh, oh, you know what? Thank you, Derek. Uh, he was the one who gave it to me as a birthday gift years ago. And Derek is one of my friends who was on the Batman episode. He's our resident Batman expert. So if you, uh, you know, want to hear more about what that guy says about Batman, go ahead and listen to our, our, our Batman episode. Um, you know, good movie. Just go listen to that episode. Uh, so this, this last one, uh, and before I let you guys go, is called Stanley's Cup from season 10, episode 4, which, by the way, season 10 is also the season with uh, Trapped in the Closet, which is a Scientology episode. Um, it's go, it's, fuck, dude, South Park's so good. South Park is so good. These guys are geniuses. Um, it, it, the movie start or the movie I say the movie because this thing is a movie uh, but Stanley's Cup episode starts with Stan losing his job as a bike delivery person because his bike gets repoed and what the f- why does that happen to an 8 year old right like why does his bike get repoed uh, but it's like the beginning of all these like sports movies where the coach is down on his luck stuff horrible stuff's happening to him maybe his house gets foreclosed on his car gets repoed and all that but this is happening to stan marsh and it's hilarious uh, and, and the guy who's telling it or the, his boss is telling him there's one way to or the guy who rebuilt his his bike is telling him there's one way you can get through it and then he goes into like the the movie trailer voice where you know i'll just play the clip i'm gonna play these clips throughout this discussion right here this whatever last 10 minutes or anything like that because oh my god this is the episode specifically in the in my my class where you know we talked about that so here's here's the clip of the announcer doing the trailer voice Stan Marsh is a bright young man. He's got a great family, a promising paper rep. Only problem is, his bike's been impounded. But now, he's about to find out that getting his bike back isn't so easy. And as you can tell, like it, it is they're just breaking it all down, like. This those parts where the announcer comes in with the trailer voice are exactly the parts that you would expect in the trailer of any of these sports movies. Like, like almost beat for beat, this movie goes through breaks down what the trailers are and what really shows in between. So after that happens, he goes and coaches his P uh, his Pee Wee hockey team in South Park, and then he meets the uh, the team, and one of the team has like a sick kid and all that, and. If you've seen any of these movies uh, or any of the episodes like that of uh, different shows where there's a team, there's always a sit kid on the team and the team has to play for the sit kid and all that. There's a clip from The Simpsons, also another hockey episode. Uh, I think it's called, it's the sibling rivalry one where, where Bart and Lisa, where Lisa fails PE and she has to take an extracurricular 
sport to not fail PE and it's a hockey. <laughs> uh, great episode, but it, it, this is the clip I'm talking about. Men, there's a little crippled boy sitting in the hospital who wants you to win this game. I know because I crippled him myself to inspire you. Well, I hope they win, or Mr. Burns said he's coming back. So yeah, after that, you know, Stan meets the coach of the rival team, and the rival team's way into it, and Stan's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, and then Randy finds out, and Randy freaks out, because when, when Stan was younger, he was in the same position playing on the team, uh, but he missed the goal by like an inch. But it's peewee hockey. What do you expect? Um... Randy's like having a panic attack through this and Stan could not care less. He's just trying to get through it. And it goes against that. Like I said, in these types of movies, it's always like this strong relationship. Either the dad's like, you can't do it or you can do it, son. And the son, you know, those movies are all about familiar, familial relations and specifically the father son dynamic. So a big one that I can, that comes to mind is field dreams um, I'll do an episode on Field of Dreams mostly because it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, uh, and that you know, that whole thing with Randy leads back to like a flashback he had, and that's how he explains that story, right? But the sick kid gets sick, and he asks them, or he asks Stan, like, if he can get rid of his cancer, and he's like, no. It's like, oh, can you win the hockey game for me? And he's like, oh, uh, uh, we'll try. And after that, there's more. There's more voiceover by 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 that guy, and and again, it goes directly into like that trailer trailer voiceover. Let me just play you it. Stan Marsh has always lived a carefree life, but in the blink of an eye, what seemed important before can all be put in perspective. Stan Marsh is bumming on cancer. Like cancer is tied, like. That's something like what the hell is going on? Because that team lose or ties the the game where he asks like if you can win, and, and they're like he's not gonna get better. His cancer it's like his cancer is tied. And this is after another montage with Blur Two, which you don't know the sign goes woohoo do 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 boo do 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 that song. Again, I'm saying it because I don't want to pull the the uh audio because at most I'm probably can only use like two seconds of it without YouTube being all weird um after that there's always the you know find the ringer this happens in the in the baseball episode too where they try to find a ringer quote unquote but in the baseball episode it is Kyle's cousin Kyle who is really a nebbish Jewish person if you've seen the earlier episode, Cartman's trying his best not to make fun of him is where he says this. Maybe we'll have to send him to concentration camp. Ah! Damn it, damn it, damn it! Cartman! But in the baseball episode, he's brought in to fail, but he scores an inside-the-park home run off a bunt. But in the, the hockey episode, it's it's uh, Kyle's brother. Uh, wow. It's Kyle's brother. I forget. The Canadian guy that they adopted. And uh, since he's Canadian, they're like, he's good at hockey. And Kyle tells him, like, yeah, you have no other choice. You have to win it for us. And Stan just accepts it. Like, why is Kyle even, like, in on this? It's why? 
And it, you know, that's what makes it funny. Uh, it is the fact that, that the Trey and Matt, they're looking at these accepted structures and forms in media and, and in television and in society. And they're just saying, fuck that and doing whatever the hell they want. And it's fantastic. And that's what this episode is. You know, later on they tie that game and then they get invited to do uh, an exhibition match at the Avalanche, Colorado Avalanche and the Detroit Red Wings uh, game at half, at, well, there's no halftime at one of the intermissions because okay, hockey is separated in three 20 minute, court, or 20 minute periods with intermissions in each one. So they're going to do intermission, uh, I forget what intermission they, they're playing at. Uh, but the other team forfeits and instead the entire third period of the game, the South Park Peewee team plays against the Detroit Red Wings because the Colorado Avalanche are like, no, we feel bad that you didn't get to play. You're going to play against these fucking actual hockey players that are probably going to kill them. And it's so funny because they lose and they lose in terrible fashion. At the end of the, the, the game, like the coach of the Red Wings has this like warm embrace with his dad. And it's exactly what, uh, Randy wanted to do with 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 Stan because of what happened earlier when Stan was younger, and it just breaks every little wall and structure apart from from these shows, and it's so or from these movies, and it's perfect. Like again, deconstruct if 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 the South Park guys went into oh. Oh, it went into this and tried to do it on purpose. Well, they did it great on purpose. And if they're not, this is what de- the the spirit of deconstruction theory is, really. And why should we care about it? Well, honestly, if you like watching movies, sometimes you just want to sit there and think about it. Because uh, movies are art. And, and they're meant to be read in a certain way. And, you know... Because right now I could tell you if you watch like something like The Hunger Games that could be read in, in as a socialist allegory, right? I mean, we we thought that, and then if we go watch Aliens, it's really a feminist story because what it is is that it's uh or the alien itself is is really maternal because uh, you know later on in Aliens it's the alien queen, so everything in Alien it's always you know the woman chasing after you, you know, the second mouth as the vagina and all that. Uh, film theory really is important, but if you really want to ruin your, your enjoyment of movies, go ahead and do that. That's what I did. I, I went and got a whole degree in it. Well, I have two degrees, one in film, the other in Italian studies and the film one really messed me up for watching movies, but I love it. None, nonetheless, I love watching movies nonetheless. Um, but yeah, those that's uh that's what i have to present for you guys today uh construction theory and south park and how it's used um so yeah hopefully hopefully you guys listened to this and and took something from it because i really enjoyed doing the research into it uh there'll be more episodes like this later down on the line uh different topics and film theory and all that when it comes to those movies that if if we do if i do decide to expose you guys not in that way. Expose you guys to, uh, you know, more foreign film and all that. I, I think the first one I'll, I'll probably do for you guys is Ivitaloni, which is my favorite Italian movie. 
like uh Fellini, you know. I don't know how you guys get to watch it, but I'm gonna watch it and talk about it for you guys. Uh, so I ho- hopefully you guys are are or I mean not hopefully I know you guys will be back for 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 all that. I, I again thank you all for for listening. I love you guys. Um, I'm Brian. That's that's it for us here in the wasteland. Hope to see you again here. Yeah.